Thank you for tuning in to this week's message. For more information about Connections Church, you can go to connectionschurch.church or follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Well, good morning again, and what a great question. Uh, I'm going to let you know first off here today, if I at any point in time during this uh, message sound like a 12-year-old going through puberty, uh, it's because I brought home more than a t-shirt from our little getaway that my wife and I enjoyed this past week to celebrate the 11th anniversary of her 29th birthday. Um, so I brought back more than a t-shirt. I brought back some allergy stuff. And so, you know, it's uh, head stuff all clogged up. So I've got a little bottle of water here. So if, if I sound, you know, like a 12 year old going through puberty instead of my normal 17 year old, just crappy voice, you know, just forgive me because uh, that, that's what it is. But you know what? We're here. And we're excited. Tell somebody beside you, hey, man, great to see you today. Now, it might be a woman beside you, so you might say, hey, woman, great to see you today. I I don't want to, you know, get that all messed up. But we are so glad to see all of you. Those of you visiting with us for the first time, make yourself at home. We we pray that you feel welcome because that's exactly our hearts are, are to welcome God and to welcome you in this place. If you will, grab your Bibles and hopefully... You were handed uh, a handout like this as you came through the front doors today by our smiling greeting team who just love to see you come. So take that out. Get ready to write some notes, and you're going to need a lot of space today as we travel through God's Word. Man, so many good things in here for us. And how many of you, let me just uh, ask off, off the top here, how many of you are instructions people? Let me see your uh, hands all across the room. Keep them up. Hold them up. Keep them up. Wow. Very disappointing. About 25%. Now, you know when you buy that Ikea torture puzzle of a piece of furniture? How many of you read and follow the instructions carefully? Let me just see your hands. You know, it's about 35%. It's getting better. Well, how many of you are like a lot of people and just take the instructions out of the box and say, eh, don't need those and throw them to the side and just jump in? Let me see your hands. Yeah, just what I thought. The reason I thought that, because that's kind of how you live your life. I mean, I've been around a lot of you that had your hand up on that last one. I, I see that. And you know what happens when you do that is you just kind of kind of have this deal of where, you know, you get to the finish, and it's definitely not working right like it's supposed to. It doesn't look like the picture on the box by any stretch of the imagination, and you've got a pile of stuff left over that you didn't put in or on that particular project. I mean, a lot of parts and pieces left that are supposed to be together, right? Don't lie, right? Exactly. Instructions are very important. Some of you like to live by instructions. You like that guidance. You like to know how this thing is supposed to operate. Let me just ask this question. I know we're, we're throwing a lot of poll questions out here, but how many of you created this life that you're living? Let me see your hands. Great. Nobody has a God complex. Glad to know that. We didn't create this, right? Because honestly, if we did, we'd probably done, done things just a little different. Each of us has some things like, man, mine is, is, has always been this. I'd love to be taller. <laughs> Six two-ish would be good. Six three would be great. Six five, I'd be in the NBA. Just, just a side note. Would have been a few years back. Maybe not now. At 47, it's kind of hard to... <laughs> Forgive me, Lord, that was one of the top ten. Okay, you didn't create this. I didn't create it. I didn't say, let there be me, whoop, and I was here. It didn't happen that way. So, knowing that we didn't create this, 
Knowing that there is a grand design, there is a divine designer, and he's the one that said, let there be you, and you were here, basically. Knowing that, then we should understand that he and he alone knows best how all of this is supposed to function and operate and be the best we can be, right? Does that make sense? So we're launching out this morning in a study called How To, and it's all about God's Word, the Bible. The Bible actually says, Proverbs 14, 12, that there is a way that seems right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. So that's reaffirming the reality that we don't know how all this is supposed to work, but God does. Would you turn and tell somebody, God sure knows how this is working. Let them know that. They might not have heard it from me. I don't know how they missed it, but maybe they did. We cannot navigate this life on our own. We need God and we need his guidance. And one of the ways in which he guides us is through his holy word. And that's why we're kicking this study off this month because it's basic Christianity. And yet, if we don't get the basics right, you know what? Nothing else is going to work right. So by the, the, the avenue of, of Bible study, of Bible reading, of Bible growing, of taking it apart, of putting it into our lives, and prayer, and fellowship, and worship, we Grow up in God. Amen. 2 Timothy 3.16, verse 16 and 17 tells us that all Scripture, how about saying that with me, all Scripture. One more time, everybody try it. All Scripture. It goes on to say, all Scripture is breathed out by God and is profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction. Let me just stop right there. How many of you have to correct your children sometimes that have kiddos still? Right? You know what I'm talking about. Don't eat Oreos for breakfast. You need something more nutritious and delicious. Well, they are very delicious. I'll, I'll just stop right there and admit they are super delicious. How many of you love Oreos? Are you double stuffed people or just like the, the little thin? I like the cream inside, man. I, that's like dessert, dessert. You just take them apart. And go, you know. Sorry, I got sidetracked. But we have to correct our children sometimes. Guess what? We're big children. All of us adults, we don't always get it right either. How many of you were perfect this past week? Let me see a show of hands. You're like, man, I'm tired of raising my hand. Well, guess what? You're not going to raise it on this one. <laughs> if you do, we're just going to have you come up and pray for you now because you're lying. <laughs> so that's why this tells us out of this, this passage, we need correction. We need to know when we don't get it right. And God comes along and lovingly corrects us. And it says, and for training in righteousness. In other words, we are trained to become righteous in God. That is, in right standing with him. That the man of God may be competent and equipped for every good work. Now, we could spend days on that verse and that passage, those two verses. But I don't have time to do that right now. Here's what I believe. I believe this passage may have inspired Dwight L. Moody. Anybody ever heard of that guy? great theologian of yesterday, yesteryear who said these words many years ago, the Bible was not given for our information, but for our transformation. That when we get the word of God inside of us, when we begin to partake of God's word, when we begin to read it and dive head first into the pages of scripture and get it in us, that it's not just up here in our heads that we can spout off Scripture after Scripture. No, it gets down into the core of who we are. It transforms and changes us from the inside out. 
How many of you have ever known somebody that were just terrible people? I mean, they were vile, they were disgusting, they were evil, they, they were just messed up. And how many of you have watched their lives as they surrendered to Christ and they began to get the Word of God in them and the Word began to do something of regeneration and renewal inside them to where they became this brand new creation in Christ Jesus. And the Word, look at me, God's Word, the Bible, was a huge, is a huge part of transformation as it here says here in 2 Timothy. Now, knowing that God's Word, the Bible, as we call it, is our instruction manual, our roadmap, our source of life, our power source. Why in the world will we not want to fall in love with it and learn to read it, study it, follow it, and share it with everything that we are? The psalmist wrote in the book of Psalms, chapter 119, 103, listen to these words. He wrote this, How sweet are your words to my taste. I'm just going to throw it out there. Sweeter than an Oreo cookie. Even better than Oreos. Or whatever it is you like. How sweet are your words to my taste. Sweeter than honey to my mouth. Now what he's not saying is, is that we take this word and get a, a knife and fork and put it on a plate and start cutting it up and, and trying to eat it that way. No. You know what he's saying, right? Turn to your neighbor and say, I get it. Go ahead. I get what, what he's saying. He's saying that once we get strung out on God's word. What, what a great thing to be strung out on. Once we get to the point where we just crave the word of God, like I crave diet sundrop every morning I wake up. It's not good, I know that, but I'm at least honest about it, right? I don't do coffee. How many of you are coffee people? I admire you. Taste awful. <laughs> Worst tasting stuff I think I've ever put in my mouth. But when we get to that point, we crave it, then it becomes sweet to us. We just can't get enough of it. We get addicted to the Word of God, and it's nutritious, and it's delicious, and it's so good that we just got to have more day after day after day after day. Amen. That's what he's writing about here. So first of all, I just want to give you some very quick reasons why, and then we're going to get into some reasons how. And this is where you're going to be writing down a lot of stuff. Number one on your outline, so why do I need to read it? Why read the Bible? Why wake up 15, 30 minutes early each day? Maybe more for some of you. Why go to all that trouble? After all, sleeping is better than reading, right? Not when it's the Bible. Well, number one is simply this. Reading the Bible shows us God's character. The Bible is our definitive source for the answer to our questions about God and life. Hebrews 1, 1 through 3 tells us, In the past, God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets at many times in various ways. But in these days, he speaks and he's spoken, he is speaking to us by his son, Jesus Christ, whom he appointed heir of all things and through whom he also made the universe. The son is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word after he had provided purification of sins. He sat down at the right hand of the father in heaven. God shows who he is. Through his word. Number two, reading the Bible teaches us to imitate God. Ephesians 5 verse 1 commands us, follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children. Well, how can we follow his example? Because we, we really haven't seen him, right? We can't reach out and touch him. Reach out, reach out and touch someone. You can't reach out and touch God physically. But the way that we can see who God is is by studying who he is in his word. Because in the pages of this precious holy book, it will describe to us exactly who and what God is and what he's all about. 
And when we have that kind of model, what we can do is have an exact portrait of what it is we need to be following. Who it is that we need to be going after. The Bible sheds light beautifully. It paints the complete picture of who God is. And it allows us to follow him clearly and confidently. Number three, reading the Bible helps us to discover our next step. Many of you have probably heard this verse before. Psalm 119, 105 tells us these powerful and beautiful words. Your word is a lamp for my feet and a light unto my path. There is direction that we desperately need. It illuminates. The word of God illuminates our pathway. It shows us where it is that we're taking our next step and how we are to do that. I love that because I hate stumbling around in the dark. How many of you have tried to navigate a room in your house in the dark not to wake anybody up and you've cracked your foot on the, the coffee table because somebody moved it slightly or something? It's no fun. Or you tripped over a Lego that you stepped on and boy, those things just feel so wonderful on the sole of your foot, don't they? And you do that hop dance around the living room. You try not to wake anybody up. But the Word of God illuminates our path. It gives us light to take the next step. Reading the Bible, number four, keeps us from sin. Psalmist again wrote in Psalm 119, verse 11, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Let that sink in. What that means is when we place the treasure of God's ways and commands inside of our hearts, then we have the truth to come against every lie of the enemy. Just like Jesus. Remember when he was by Satan? Remember when he come off that 40-day fast and he comes out of the wilderness and Satan shows up and says, hey, Jesus, how's it going? Listen, I got some opportunities for you here. Great opportunities. That's how it all starts, right? I mean, it makes it look so good, sounds so good. I'm going to give you this, and I'll, I'll give you that, and, and, and you can do this, and, and all that. And Jesus looks at him and says, what? Can anybody tell me? I heard it. What? It is written. Man shall not live by what? Bread alone. Man shall not have any other God's word. Listen, if we don't know the truth, then the truth cannot set us free. But here what the psalmist is saying is, is when we hide that word in our hearts and those opportunities, and I call them that, but they're a lot worse than that, come knocking at our door, then guess what's going to come out of us? The truth. The truth is going to come out and combat the lies that the enemy is trying to sell us on. Because I'm going to tell you something, he can be awful sneaky. Quite the salesman, that guy. And if we fall for it, so much damage is done. Number five. Reading the Bible helps us to renew our minds so that we can know God's will. I love this passage out of Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. It says, I urge you, therefore, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be what? Transformed by the renewing of your Mind, then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. Many people have questioned through the years, how can we live in the perfect will of God? How is that even possible? What, what is that all about? It's the sweet spot of life. I'm just going to tell you like that. Life doesn't fit, doesn't work. Does, it's always off if we're not living in the sweet spot of God's will. 
When we're running from him, when we're not doing... Listen, how many of you remember the story of a man who ran from God? Because God called him to do something he did not want to do. Anybody remember that guy's name? Who? You mean the guy that got swallowed up by the great fish? Was in the belly for three days, hanging out with all that gastric juice and all that fun stuff? Now, why did he get himself in that mess? Because he was running from God's will for his life. Listen, God's will isn't always something we're like, yes, I can't wait. That's just glorious. I don't even use that word, but it just kind of hit me. It's not always that fun thing that, yes, that's exactly what I want to do. Sometimes it's a little hard to do. Sometimes it's challenging. Sometimes it's like, I don't want to do that. But listen, I don't want to be out of God's will. More than anything else, I want to be found in that sweet spot. What is good, pleasing, and perfect will is for my life. How are we going to know that if we don't know him? Right? Come on, look at me now. Don't lose me right now. We're, we're, we're heading down the home stretch here. How are we going to know that if we don't know him? How are we going to know him if we don't jump into his letter to us, his instructions, his word, his life? I love that. Number six, reading the Bible allows us to be certain of what God said. The Bible is our final authority, period. No matter what man tries to change in it now, no matter what denomination tries to tweak it, tries to make it fit their lifestyle, their choice, their desires, all that stuff, the Bible cannot be changed, nor can it be compromised if we are truly the people of God. That was a great opportunity to say, right, yes, amen. You just kind of blew it, though. I'm, I, that's a, looks like a D minus. I'm not even a teacher, but it just... Sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth, John 17, 17 declares. This is coming under attack like never before. But it has been around since the Garden of Eden. Because if you remember with me back to that point in time, how many of you were there in the garden besides Don? I didn't think so. You remember the devil through the serpent said to Eve, what? Did God really say that? <laughs> is, is that right? Is that not biblical? Did God really say you couldn't eat of this beautiful tree? You, you, you mean he said you can have everything else in this whole garden that I've, that I've prepared for you, but stay away from this one little tree? Now, come on, you don't, you don't think you really meant to actually stay. Maybe he's talking metaphorically. I, I, you know, just, just have a bite. Because I'm going to tell you something. This fruit is better than any other fruit in this entire beautiful, perfect place called Eden. So, come on. Just one little bite won't hurt you. You ever noticed how deceptive the enemy is and how he... Just tweaks, did, did God really say that you, you can't have some fun on the side? If you're married, I mean, you know, it's okay. You're out of town. You've been good all these years. Go be with that person. Go look at that stuff. Go, go partake. Go, go enjoy. Let your hair down a little bit. God's a God of mercy and grace, and he's going to love you through it all. And You ever heard this one? Nobody will ever know. You're 5,000 miles away from home. I don't even know where that would put you, but it would put you 5,000 miles away from home, wherever that would be. 
did God really, when we read the Bible, when we know the Bible, then we can be certain of, yes, God really did say that. And because God said it, I believe it. And like the old saying goes, that settles it. Bye-bye. Number seven, reading the Bible allows us to receive the desires of our heart. Because, get me on this one. John chapter 15, verse seven says, if you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. Because here's what happens. Now, I know some of you automatically think, yes, finally I'm going to get that new Ferrari. It's going to be sitting in my driveway, candy apple red, black leather seats, sweet wheels on it, man. And, and the sound system is going to be incredible because <laughs> I'm remaining in God. Thank you, Jesus. You're so good to us. You love your children so much. I love Ferrari so much. For me, it would be a Jeep Wrangler, but... Maybe you, it's a Ferrari. I'm just, it's illustrating. No, that's not it. Here's what happens when we get his word in us, when we dive in and we begin to be, be consumed with the word of God. What happens is our selfishness just begins to wither away. We don't care about Ferraris anymore. Forget Jeeps. All that stuff doesn't matter anymore. What matters is this. Whatever God's agenda is, that becomes our agenda. We line up with who he is. We line up with the selflessness of who God is and the loving nature of, I just want what you want, God. That's what, what literally happens. Because going back just a few moments ago, we begin to be transformed by the powerful amazing, incredible word of God. His agenda becomes ours. And listen, number eight, reading the Bible is how we learn about the gospel. The Bible says you study the scriptures diligently because you think that in them you have eternal life. These are the very scriptures that testify about me is what Jesus said. Yet you refuse to come to me to have life. John chapter five, verse 39 and 40. Church, if you didn't know, the gospel is the good news of Jesus' great salvation, and they alone are the words of life. If life isn't working for you right now, guess what? I would venture to say it's because you're not hidden in the word. You've not allowed the word to be hidden in your heart. Number nine, reading the Bible gives us courage. Joshua 1, 8 and 9, many of you are familiar with this, says, Keep the book of the law always on your lips, meditate on it day and night. So that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be able to be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. If you don't know this story, Joshua succeeded Moses when Moses didn't lead the children of Israel into the promised land that he was supposed to. Because he listened to the spies who said we couldn't go in instead of listening to God who said it's already yours. So when Moses and that generation died out in the wilderness, guess what happened? Joshua became his successor. He and Caleb originally said, we can go in, we can take the land, God's given it to us. And at this point, he led the charge into the promised land and defeated the giants there and took the land for the people. Man, I love that. Why? Because he was courageous. He was strong in the Lord and the power of his might. He knew who he was in God. He knew who God was in him, church. And I think that's a lot of our problems right now. Don't lose me right now. We're, we're almost done with this. When you don't know who God is in you, 
then you allow yourself to be kicked around by the enemy of your soul. You allow yourself to be put off track. You allow yourself to get lost in wondering life when you don't know who God is in you. Joshua knew, and he was strong and courageous. And then lastly, under why we need to read the Bible, because reading the Bible helps us to be fruitful in this life. Psalm 1 Verses 2 and 3. But those who delight in the law of the Lord and who meditate in his law day and night, that person is like a tree planted by the streams of water which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf will never wither. Whatever they do will prosper. I say to you folks, it's time to prosper in Jesus. It's time to bear much fruit as his believers. That's, that's what this life's all about. That's why we're still here. Because we are to be producing fruit. Now, Number two in your outline says, how do I read it for all it's worth? How do I actually dive in and read the Bible? I don't know. You've tried Google it maybe just like we saw in the video. I don't know. But here's what I want to give you. There are some powerful helps that if you take, take a hold of them and apply them to your life, you'll be in that word and you'll be eating it up. So number one is simply this. Write it down on your outlines under section two. Pray for a hunger for God's word. Before you start, pray. Just pray. Say, God... Give me a desire to know you through your word. Give me that appetite that ever increases to read and take delight in your precious word. I want to read the Bible. How many of you pray for help on a lot of other things? How many of you ask God, Lord, help me pass this test? I've studied. Now, if you hadn't studied, you're just praying for the wrong thing because you should have been in those books, right? But you've studied. You've done all you can do. And now you pray and say, God, help me remember. Help me do well. So here's the thing about it. When you want to get into God's Word, pray and ask Him to give you that appetite, give you that hunger. Write that down on your paper right now on your outline. God, give me a hunger for your Word. Secondly, pray for understanding. Ask the Holy Spirit to, to tutor you. How many of you have had some tutors in your life before because you couldn't quite get math or geometry or PE? <laughs> got you there, didn't I? So you said, i got to have somebody that can help me that, that knows it's further along. Well, the Holy Spirit knows everything, and that's why Jesus said He's going to come and be your helper. He's going to break things down. He's going to open up the scripture to you. It's going to come alive because God's spirit's going to be here to teach you, right? Doesn't that make sense? I love that. Pray for understanding. Third, prioritize the Bible in your life. Prioritize God's word in your life. Our relationship with God has some intense competition. You ever, you ever notice that? There are things coming at you from all sides, up, down, all around, stuff hitting you every single day of your life to come do this, be a part of this, give yourself here. We need your time. We need your efforts. We need your energies. Here, here, here. Whoop. Just stop it. There's a lot of needful things. Remember Jesus told Mary and Martha this. There's a lot of stuff you can be doing. But Mary's chosen the one thing. The one thing that matters most, to be with me. Folks, we got to choose that one thing. Prioritize God's word. Prioritize God. Next, set a plan. Read, organize, and thoroughly. Don't just hit the highlights. It's real history, and it flows together beautifully. The Old Testament, the New Testament, I know some of it can be a, a challenging read, but, but God can help you understand that. We can help you with the plan here at Connections if you need us to. And then next, it kind of goes hand in hand. Partner with other people. We as a church are going through the New Testament together this year, 2020. We are walking through the pages of the New Testament basically one chapter at a time. Jump in with us. It's not too late. You can start now. We're just getting, in, getting into the book of Mark. It's, it's powerful to know that you're reading with others. 
So partner with people. Maybe husbands and wives, maybe you can do that together and sit down and just read or, or, or read together. And then later on in the day, just sit down and say, hey, what did God speak to you in a chapter 2 of Mark today? What, what did you get out of that? Just, just journey together through that. that. That can help a lot when we work together and partner together. Next, find a quiet place. You're like, no, wait. You know what, Pastor, I've been, I've been tracking with you pretty good because a lot of this makes sense, you know, and, and it's good stuff. And, and I understand we need the Word of God. We need to be people of the Word and, and all that. But you just come and hang out at my house and see if you can find a quiet place. Just, just try that. I dare you. And I understand. I've still got kids at home. I've got a 70-year-old dog in human years. She's like 1,960 in, in, you know, dog years. Needs something all the time. I've got one of these things called a cell phone, too, and people just constantly beep, beep, ding, ding, all kind of these crazy noises. I'm going to tell you, having it cut off all last week was just kind of refreshing. But you're telling me i got to kind of find a quiet place to... I've discovered something in my 52 years of learning, and that's the gospel truth. Right, Lord? 52 years. I know I fudged that number quite a bit, but I'm not right now. And here's what I've discovered. You ready for it? Are you, you ready? Are you ready for it? I know these people are. They're on the edge of their seats. Look at them. It's like, here's what I've discovered. We can make time for what we want to make time for. Now, you didn't act like you heard that over here. I thought you said you are ready. We can make time. We can find a few minutes of solitude for whatever it is that we really want in our lives. I'm talking 15 to 30 minutes. You're like, man, that's, that's a big ask. I'm going to tell you something. Do you want to see big things in your life from God? I was hoping for an answer there. I'll give you another try. Do you want to see big things in your life for God? Yes. Wow. Don't take you folks long to correct something, does it? Okay, here's the thing. Go big into Him. Lean into Him hard. Dive into who He is. Study to show yourself approved. Eat up this sweet honey-tasting word. Love God's precious promises to you. Crave them. Prioritize them. Folks, that's how we go big for God. Find that quiet place. Shut the world out so you can focus on the Lord and what He has to say to you that day. Do what Jesus... You think Jesus was not busy? Okay, you're supposed to get a chuckle out of that. Do I have to guide you through every emotion this morning? I was only going one Sunday. What'd Scott do to you? Just kidding, Scott. <laughs> you think Jesus wasn't busy? Once he started healing people, who all came out of the woodwork? Everybody, Everybody that had some kind of problem. Jesus over here, I'm blind. Jesus over here, I'm crippled. Jesus over here, my daughter is dying. Jesus, 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 Jesus. And his disciples were always talking about food. <laughs> Jesus, I'm hungry. I mean, come on, dude. Can we not take just a little break? Run down here to Chick-fil-A. It is, it is Jesus' chicken, right? Come on. Let's go grab something to eat. I'm starving. I love Jesus. My, my, my food's to do the will of my Father. I don't know what's, what your problem is, but 
Feast on some of that. How about it? You like apples? How you like those apples? You don't think Jesus was busy, but multiple times it's recorded in the Scripture where Jesus got away alone and prayed. Find a quiet place. Next, I'm going to tell you this. Put it in writing. Find you a journal. Write down what God speaks to you that day. Right, Michael? Where's Michael in his connect group over there? It's doing the soap. Yeah, you, Michael. Don't look for another Michael. I'm talking about you. Michael's like, who oh, do it, do it? Write it down. Write down what the Lord tells you. You know, on the 23rd of January, out of Matthew 22, love God with everything you have and, and love your neighbor as yourself. All the laws hang on these two great commandments. If we love God and love people correctly, we will not want to violate either one of those relationships. That's what God spoke to me on that day. Uh, the next day, the 24th, uh, in, in Matthew 20, Jesus rips the Pharisees apart for what, what, what they are. They're hypocrites. The blind leading the blind, whitewashed tombs. He, he had the, the guts to call them out. God, give us courage to call out wrong when we see it. Lord, give me the guts to do the same thing. I wrote that in my journal. And I'm telling you, you don't have to spend a lot of money. You can go to Ollie's and buy one for $2.99. And it's got this faith makes all things possible on the cover. Three bucks at Ollie's. Give it up for Ollie's. Let's just give my hand. I'm going to tell you, church, put it in writing. Because I'm going to tell you, there'll be days you'll go back years from now and look at past journals and be like, wow. God, I remember that. I remember it just showed up. I remember what was happening in my family. And, and I, I opened your word and I was on my daily plan and, and this just jumped off the page. It almost smacked me in the face like, wow, that's me today. Lord, thank you. You know, it's called a rhema word. It's an on time right now word for what you and I are going through at that moment that God just shows up in the pages of the word. But guess what? Guess what? If we don't open it up, if we don't see what's in here, it's like that billion dollars I put into your bank account. If you don't ever tap into it, it's useless to you. Write it down. Some last quick reminders. Please understand that all of God's word points to Jesus. It's an amazing account. It's all about our Savior coming to rescue us from our sins and hopelessness. At its heart, it's the greatest love story ever written. And Jesus Christ is the focal point about his love for us. And no. No, it's a source of power for us as believers as we've already talked about how we can come against the enemy with the word of God. And don't ever forget that like everything else, we all start out as novices, right? How many of you are good at something? Let me see your hand. You people need to work on some stuff a lot because like 30% of you are like, yeah, I'm pretty good at something. Justin builds cabinet, cabinet doors, right? Does woodwork. Now, he didn't start out being a master craftsman on those. He started out as a novice. His dad took him under his wing because he had, a, had an interest in, right, your dad, right? And, and began to teach him and show him and bring him along to the point that his dad could probably retire now and Justin could run the shop and make just as beautiful cabinets and cabinet doors or maybe even more so than his dad. Who knows? But... When you get in the Word and you first start out and it's brand new, 
It's kind of like Paul talks about. It's, it's the milk of the word. It's the elementary stuff like Jesus loves me. For the Go for it, guys. I love it. Little ones. They are weak. Woo! Give yourselves a hand this morning. Paul said you start out with the elementary stuff, and then you begin to advance and grow in the Word, and and you become more than a novice. You, You become someone who can rightly divide the Word of truth, and then all of a sudden you find yourself sharing it with others and leading them a little bit and teaching them some stuff. And then the next thing you know, you you might be leading a small group, and you might be teaching the next thing you know, I can retire, and you can come and, and be pastor of the church. Well, I think I had you there up to that point, but whoop, it just died. Then Paul says you can move from the milk of the word to the meat. Go from milk to filet. How many of you love a good filet? I do, but I don't buy them because they're expensive. And to be honest with you, Heinz 57 tastes just as good on a sirloin as it does on a filet, and it's a whole lot cheaper. And then when things are a little tight, hamburger steak, you got it, baby. It's pretty good in Heinz 57 too. So you go to the meat, you become advanced, you grow in God. But I'm going to tell you something. Everybody starts at level one, and that's okay. Don't get discouraged. Write this down. Don't get discouraged. Get determined. Mm, I like that. Determined. God, I'm going to get in your word. Your word's going to get in me. I'm going to feast on it. Listen to me. God's word is our source of spiritual food, and it's our sword for battle. Is the last thing on your outline today. Christian, we need nourishment for health and growth. And as Jesus himself told us, man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. This right here, look at this church. This right here is our daily bread. If we aren't eating, we are starving. Just like our our, our physical food. If we stop eating physical food, we get weak and emaciated. We begin to wither away. Now, some of us could stand a couple days break. I understand. I'm, I'm definitely one of them. But you can't keep neglecting and neglecting and neglecting and neglecting or it will bring harm. For our spirit, man, we cannot keep neglecting and neglecting and neglecting the word. Or our spirit, man, will be weak and sick. This is our daily bread. And it's our sword because when Paul wrote in Ephesians that, that we're to put on the whole armor of God, that he talks about the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, and on down the list, and he gets to the last part. These other parts of the, the, the armor are what? Defensive pieces. They defend our mind. They defend our heart. They keep the, the fiery attacks from the enemy at bay. But when he gets to that last piece, he says, and take up. Take up the sword of the Spirit. And then he identifies exactly what it is so there is no confusion, which is the Word of God. And utilize that. Every lie that the enemy comes at you with, you come back with the truth of who God is 
and exactly what he says about the situation. Many people have a sword that they prefer to leave in the back of the car or stacked under a bunch of other stuff on the bookshelf. Let me tell you, is that sword doing you any good there? Not a bit. The sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Would you close your eyes with me just for a moment? Thank you so much for for your heart, your attentiveness, for your being here. I know some of you were unsure about coming today, and you still may be a little unsure. And like, I don't know who these people are, what's going on. But I, I, I felt, I feel God here today. I feel the power of the living God in this place, and I know that that He's real now. Maybe you struggle with that. But, but that's been confirmed in your heart today. Whatever it is, listen to me, church. God comes alive even more so through the pages of His Word. How many of you in this room right now say, you know what, I need to know Christ in my own life personally. I need to surrender my heart and my life to Jesus Christ fully and completely today. I need to know the one who was the Word incarnate. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. That is Jesus. I want to surrender everything to Him today. Would you just raise your hands across this room and say, Pastor, on this first Sunday in February, would you pray for me? Pray for me as I just surrender fully to Jesus Christ, everything that I am and am ever going to be. Can I see your hands up across this room right now? Who? who yes, ma'am. Thank you. Who, who else might would say that with this young lady? Don't forget me. Please pray for me this morning. Anybody else? Yes, thank you. Anyone else? I think naturally the, the other call for prayer right now, of course, would be, God, give us a hunger and a thirst for your word and to get to know you through your word as never, ever before in my own life. How many of you would just say that with me right now with every eye still closed for another moment? How many of you say, you know what, Pastor, I've played around with it. I've tried before. didn't seem to work for me. And, but now I, I gained some understanding today. And bottom line is I'm asking God to give me that hunger for His Word. Would you just raise your hands right now and, and just confirm that by that, that statement? Yes, 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 yes. Raise them up high. Yes, yes. Come on. Come on. Because if you ain't your Word, you ain't growing. But today you say that's going to change from here on out. Let me see other hands. Yes, thank you. Thank you. Anybody else? Just raise it up right now. Here's what I want to ask. I don't even want you to stand up. Not even ask you to move down to the front of this church as we do so often. What I am going to ask is this right now. If everybody across this room would just kind of hold your hands up in front of you. There's a little football game going on tonight. There's going to be receivers that kind of hold their hands up in a receptive mode where they're ready to catch a pass. just kind of want you to do that with your hands in front of you. You're like, man, I've never done this before. It's okay. Really easy. You got, got the hands, just put them out there. And as you're doing that, I want to ask you this. 
to go along with that, I want you to begin to ask God right now, Lord, give me. I want to receive. I want to catch the hunger and thirst for who you are to know you more than I do right now, ever-increasing faith and knowledge and growth in you through the pages of your life-changing Scripture. Would you just begin to pray that right now personally? In just a moment, I'm going to pray over you. But I want you to take a moment to say it in your own words, to call out to Him, with your own heart right now. Oh, thank you, Jesus, for a, for a change in our hearts, a change in our craving, a change in our desire, a change in our appetites. That we're going to move away from the things of this world that don't satisfy don't give life. Don't nourish our soul. We need soul food, God. We're going to move towards those things. Your word and prayer and fellowship and worship. God, help us to read your precious word. Church, it was Augustine who said hundreds and hundreds of years ago this beautiful phrase that the Bible is literally love letters from home. Love letters from home. God, this world is not our home. You've made that crystal clear. We're just passing through. We're on our way home, God. And to help us in our journey, you've written a beautiful, perfect love letter. 66 books of life power, love, and freedom. Thank you for a people at Connections Church that we will be a people of your precious word. Amen, church? Oh, that's weak. Amen, church? One more time. Amen, church? That means so be it. Amen. Would you stand up and sing this with us as we declare the beauty of our God today. Worship Him today, church. Thank you for tuning into this week's message. For more information about Connections Church, you can go to connectionschurch.church or follow us on Facebook and Instagram.